Welcome to Donor Conception Conversations. This is the one podcast created exclusively for people who are planning to use donor conception to build their family or for people who have already built their family with donor conception. I'm your host. My name is Lisa Schumann. I'm a researcher, a therapist, and an expert in donor conception. And over my more than two decades of experience working both in fertility clinics and in my private practice, the Center for Family Building, I've met with thousands of donor-conceived individuals, children, recipients, and donors. And I have learned so much, and I'm here to teach you all that I've learned in this podcast. My guests and I will talk about everything that you need to know to have a better journey to parenthood. If it's about donor conception, we're going to talk about it. Today, I welcome Brett Shuford and was going to introduce his husband, who um, unfortunately is not feeling well today, but Brett's going to do a fantastic job in, uh, in this interview and covering for his husband, who's been not feeling well, but is about to make a new debut on Broadway. They've both been on Broadway before. And in fact, they are uh, they call themselves the Broadway husbands. That's how you might know them. And they're both fantastic people, fantastic performers. So you'll definitely have to check them out online, but I'll let Brett introduce himself. Hi, Brett. Hi, Lisa. I'm so happy to see you. So good to see you. Yeah. So Stephen and I met uh, in New York City. We were both performers, professional performers. We got married 2011 while working on Broadway and uh, started our journey towards parenthood in 2018. Of course, the pandemic took us to Houston for the last three years, but we just returned to New York where Stephen's going to be opening a new musical, New York, New York on Broadway in April. And we brought our now 11 month old little boy Maverick with us. So it's been a, it's been an adventure to say the least. It's a lot to move and take care of a baby and Stephen working all the time. It's a lot, Brett. This is, uh, you know, you're really in the midst of parenthood. 100%. Big time, big time. But you're also doing other things, right? You're a coach and, and a content creator. Yeah, yeah. So I have a, a, a side business where I, I help content creators and other people like what we've built on Broadway Husbands who want to really make an impact and make money doing uh, content online. So I coach all sorts of entrepreneurs, creative entrepreneurs, and helping build their brand and and figure out how to um, make money doing that. And it's something I'm very passionate about and and love, love, love. So if anyone's interested, make sure you come hit me up at Brett, Brett Schuford. Terrific. Well, I think it's great for people to hear that and to take a look at all you've done online because it's incredible. I mean, your material is wonderful. I can't stop watching it. I just love watching you guys dance and sing. And and of course, now we have Maverick. So you've got a trio of, of performers in your house. But I think it would be so great for our audience to hear a little bit about your story and how you got to this place. Now, here you are taking care of a little boy and you know it was a little bit of a struggle along the way but you know you've made it here which i think is very inspiring for people to hear do you feel that there are certain things that that you would suggest that people really think about as they approach the surrogacy process and the donor conception process yeah i mean i think the thing that most people probably at least in our community 
automatically assume is that they can't afford it and that it's out of their price range. Well, it's not cheap, you know, it's definitely in the end, you know, costly. But if it's something you really want, which it was for us, it's much more manageable than you think. And you don't have to do it all at once. You know, for us, it took us from beginning to end, it took us about four years. We weighed our options for maybe two years even before that. Did we want to adopt? Did we want to go through IVF? Like, what did we want to do? Ultimately, it settled on surrogacy. And that was, you know, for us. And it's a very personal decision. And you have to kind of decide for yourself what is the best for your family. But for us, that was how we wanted to go, at least for this journey. You know, it took us four years because we really are we're freelance artists. Like, we don't have steady jobs. We are constantly, um, you know, shows are closing and opening. We're constantly figuring those things out. So we started really just by creating the embryos and getting them frozen and, and knowing that we had that first step there. One of the things I think I wish I, that I would looking back on now, when it came to looking at our egg donor, I wish we had met her. Like I wish we had actually talk to her, but that wasn't really standard even then. Now I think I'm, I'm hearing more and more people actually meet their egg donors. We only had a video of her and the video was epic and made us cry. We were like, oh, it's what sold us on, on using that egg donor. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we could probably reach out to the clinic and get in touch if we really wanted to and just see. But, um, and then after, you know, I, last time I saw you, Lisa, we were at the ASRM mm-hmm. event in mm-hmm. California, and I met donor conceived people. And I think talking to some of them too, I realized how important the egg donor really is. Because even though you don't get to experience nine months of a journey with that specific person, you're with their DNA, you know, for life. And so that's, that's an interesting, uh, that was an interesting thing that I hadn't thought of really until until Maverick was born. As you think about it now, you know, because I, I know you're thinking about kind of maybe having a sibling from Maverick at some point, and you already created embryos, so you have the same donor. Do you think that maybe some point in the future, once your family is completed, you might try to go on the donor sibling registry or one of these other ways to connect? I do. I think that I probably would. If we're going to go on a second journey, I think I would probably want to see if, what we could do to get in touch with her and just to say, just so that we can say we know we've met and we talked, uh, mm-hmm. if she wants to, if she's open to that. Because one of the things in her video, and this is the thing I think too that I would probably tell people is she was the first profile we looked at and we didn't go through any fancy egg donor bank. Like we literally went through our fertility clinics bank and we looked at three profiles. Hers was the first one. And we skipped over it because, you know, in her DNA, she had Italian blood. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, well, neither of us are Italian. So we skipped over it. And we looked at the other two and I was like, meh. And what I remember is the nurse who had sent us the profile said, go back and look at number one again. And so we did. And we, we didn't see that there was a video attached. I was like, oh, there's a video. Let's watch the video. And in the video, she said, one of the reasons why she wanted to donate her eggs is she was a mother and she couldn't imagine not being able to have children. And she really wanted to help someone do that. Second, her husband was sort of surrogately adopted by a gay couple. And the gay oh. couple had always said to her, they had always said to her, 
they wish they could have had a child. And so she wanted to help a gay family have a child. Third thing she said was she was a twin, which I'm a twin. The fourth thing, thing yeah. she said was she was a dancer and Steven's a ballet dancer. So we were oh like, my oh my gosh. That's meant to be. <laughs> meant I was to like, be. this is so serendipitous. Wow. Yeah, I, I want to meet her so that she can know like what she helps build, you know? Oh my gosh, that would probably be incredible for her to see that. That I would imagine mm. that'd be so gratifying for her. That's fantastic. Wow. Mm -hmm. What a story. Moving forward, you, you said you, you are thinking about maybe having another child. I think a lot of couples will, you know, start to think about as they move down this journey that it's not always easy. And I don't know how it was for you to decide, like, and you don't need to talk about it specifically, but how you guys kind of had these conversations about like whose uh, genetics is going to go first because you have this, this, unfortunately, we are not in a place where we can put both of your sperm together and make a baby. And I hope we get there mm -hmm. one day, but we're not there. So there's always that tough choice to make. What would you advise people? Well, I mean, it's again, that's a, a very personal decision in that, you know, for us, we wanted to just have the like the the highest likelihood of conception. So we just told the doctor, pick the one that you feel is going to take the best. Great. We asked them not to tell us mm -hmm. whose it is. For us, it was like, we didn't want to feel any bias internally, right? Whether yes. it was expressed or not. But also, I feel like if we knew genetically who he was, and we told our families, our families don't really get it, right? So it's we want to feel and we want Maverick to feel and, and for us to just really know he's both of ours. So we, for us, psychologically, it just, we didn't want to know. Maybe we'll figure it out one yeah. day. It'll probably be obvious one day. Who knows? But for us, the journey to his birth was super important that we didn't know so that we could really just be excited and not feel any bias in any way. Now, some people might feel like, you know, for for instance, like Stephen's dad is an only child. And one of the big motivations for having a biological child is that his dad, you know, there's no, there's no grandchildren. So maybe for you and your family, like it might be super important for you to have that genetic, genetic line be passed down. So, you know, that makes total sense. But for us, we didn't want to know. We thought it'd be more fun. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's not a lot of mystery in this process because everything can be tested and told mm -hmm. and, and verified. So as much mystery as we could have, the more fun it would be for us. Yeah. Well, I think that's great. And it's also, I think, so helpful for you in, you know, in whatever community you go to, whether it's a kid's school or a play group or, you know, wherever, if people ask you, it's so much easier just to say, we don't know. And then nobody will kind of look at Maverick as Steven's baby or Brett's baby, right? They're, because people do tend right. to do that, right? It is something that we find kind of frustrating. We get a little bit on guard about with yeah. people because everyone wants to know, like, who, well, who's Izzy? That's the question you get a lot. And so we just always answer, he's both of ours. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. very, very difficult, right, to kind of navigate that. And people, even, you know, well-meaning people, We'll say that, but it can feel very hurtful, right? Because it leaves the other dad out of the picture, right? Mm -hmm. 
I've even had to say something to my own parents because they would say things like, oh, Maverick, well, he's a Shuford. He's a, you know, oh, look, at he's doing that. He's a Shuford. And I had to say, you know, when you do that, that feels very disrespectful to my family. And that, I know it's not your intention, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but can you try not to do that, please? It would really make us feel more accepted. And they heard you? Did they hear me? Who knows? Like, mm-hmm. like my dad laughed at first. And I said, I know you think it's funny, but I'm being serious. Like, this is, it's very disrespectful. Because they just don't, they've never met anybody who's conceived a baby this way. And yeah. I don't think they don't have any other gay friends. And, you know, it's just a very unique situation. So sometimes, you know, if it's, you know, it's about setting boundaries and, and asking people to respect those boundaries. Well, it's great that you're so direct with them about that, because I do think, you know, the world needs to be educated. And I, I assume that they probably look at the two of you and think, okay, well, you know, if you were married to a woman, this baby would be a shoe for it, right? So they can't kind of sh- shift their thinking in that way. Um, it's hard. No. It's hard to, I guess, for them to do that. And probably for a lot of people to do that. I, I find even in, you know, communities, you know, teachers will look at a child and say, when they know who's genetically linked, well, you know, this dad's the accountant. So of course, this kid's going to be good at math, you know, or whatever it might be. And they, you know, it's very hard for people not to have this bias about the child, because it also pigeonholes them, right? It puts the child in a situation where people just expect them to be a shepherd or, you know, what have you. So I think it's fantastic that they, you know, people just don't know, really. It was very thoughtful yeah. to consider that. I mean, that's really was our intention behind the Instagram account too, was just to, to be visible and just to help create dialogue for people who aren't subjected to families like ours on the daily. If they're on Instagram, hopefully they'll follow us and they'll see, oh, okay, um, that's what that family life is like. It's interesting. It's wonderful. It's different. It's great. Hold on one second. We have lots of great information to share with you. But first, a quick word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back. The Queer Family Podcast. Well, hello there. My name is Jamie, and I am the host of the Queer Family Podcast, the show all about family, but with gay, as we like to say. The point of the show is and always has been to highlight LGBTQIA families, letting the whole world know that despite the fact that we work very hard to create our extremely intentional families, we're just like every other parent out there trying not to yell at our kids when they still haven't put their shoes on and we are already 25 minutes late for school. The struggle is real. Am I right? I go in-depth with weekly LGBTQIA plus folks and some allies on how they built their families and how they show up in a world that wasn't necessarily designed for them. We laugh a lot, we cry a little, we learn a lot, and through our stories, we illustrate the undeniable fact that love is in fact love and love makes a family. I hope you tune in. And if you like what you hear, you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure you're following us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube, where you're going to find some video episodes as well. Tune in. Happy listening. I'll see you soon. Love is love is love on the Queer Family Podcast. Love is love. Love is love. 
And how is how is new fatherhood? Is it what you expected it to be? You know, it's complex. It's, it's so much more complex than it seems on the surface, right? Oh, fatherhood. Oh, it's just like this, you get to play with your son. And <laughs> it has been wonderful. Like my time at Maverick is always magical. Like he's just amazing and watching him evolve and become a human being and just his personality coming out. And it's just, it's magic. You know, the hardest thing that I don't think anyone really talks about enough is how when you become a parent, you start reparenting yourself Hmm. and how you're really kind of like reliving, at least for me, I'm like reliving a lot of my childhood experiences right now in that first year in sort of evaluating how I want to show up for my son. It's very, very interesting. I don't think, I don't think anyone really told me how, how deep that would be. Like, it's like, it's, it's a very fascinating experience. As you parent him, you're kind of thinking about, well, when I was a baby, it wouldn't have been this way. It would have been that way. And how do I want to handle this situation? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's that it seems simple the way you're saying it, but it's, it's much, like I said, it's complex. It's like, it's very layered. You know, I, okay. I want, I want to figure out how to help Maverick transition from the bottle. Right. So I'm researching, I'm reading, I'm doing things about that. And while I'm reading about like baby led weaning or I'm reading, you know, we're, we're using the rye method right now, you know, as I'm learning about the rye method, I'm, remembering this thing that happened when I was five. Wow. And it's like, oh, or my parents come over and they say something and I'm like, I would never do it that way. And then it's like, oh, but that's how they did it. And that's why I have this thing in my past and this experience, right? And this wow. is like, it's fascinating how it just little things can just kind of trigger it and you go, okay, wow, okay, now I remember that thing that happened. I don't want to approach my son the same way, or that is something my parents did that it would be useful or whatever it is. And I get to decide, you know, okay, how do I do this better? Or how do I improve my style of parenting so that I can show up in a different way? It's like a double gift. It doesn't feel like a gift in the moment. A lot of times it's like, it's a lot of, it's a lot of like, emotional stuff. But yeah, I've been thinking like how to process this, especially in a way that can like serve our community. And like, I would say like the first three months, just don't even try to be anybody just be be there for your kid. (laughs) The second three months, like you can start to be a little bit more intentional about like how you want to parent your kid. The third quarter of the first year of your baby's life, you can start to be a little bit more intentional about how you want to show up for yourself in your <laughs> in your life. <laughs> but don't even try those first six months. Just it's like if I had known that going in, I probably would have taken the pressure off that I needed to work or I needed to work out or I needed like, you know, yeah. it's, it's enough it. to be there. The baby fog is a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real thing. Yeah. It really takes a lot out of you and you, and you have to be on all the time. It's a lot of work. It's another job. It's a full-time job. Yeah. Are the two of you aligned in terms of how you feel about your donor, about your surrogate, about starting to parent all of these things? How did you guys 
manage your relationship through all of these different stages? Mm, that's a good question. I, I mean, there's definitely been 2 a.m., 3 a.m. fights when the baby woke up hungry and we know, realize, okay, it's 3 a.m. We're not going to resolve this right now. We need sleep. A lot of communication, a lot of talking, a lot of getting almost like a third party perspective, I guess I would say. So knowing that like, perhaps we aren't going to figure this out on our own because neither of us ha- are experienced in this. So let's mm-hmm. go to somebody who is, let's, or let's read a book about it, or let's watch a video about it, or like whatever this current conflict is. And then based on that education, we can decide what we want to do. And that's, so we've done a lot of that, like just trying to educate ourselves instead of just guessing or feeling like, well, I, my parents did this, like, let's decide what psychologists or pediatric people, people who actually study this, mm-hmm. let's go to them and see what they suggest. And then we can decide what feels right for us. That helps a lot. and takes you both out yeah. of your own positions, right? Because you can both then be objective. Did you feel that way about this process about like when you were going to start, how to choose a donor, how to choose a surrogacy agency, all of those decisions? Yeah. I mean, one of the things that's in a marriage, as you, you know, I'm sure people know, it's like everyone's approach is different. Like Stephen's, Stephen really needs to sit with something for a, lo- a long time before he decides. Right. So I know that about him. That's like, the, that's just the way he is. I can be very like impulsive. Ooh, this is a great idea. Let's just do it. <laughs> so we're always kind of meeting halfway and kind of okay you've been sitting with this for a while let's decide and you know deciding on the egg donor and going through the the surrogacy process steven was you know i want to have a kid i wanted to you know he sat with it he's like this is what i want to do i want to be biological i want to do surrogacy and blah 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 then you know my role in our marriage is to be the one who's like okay well let's figure out how to make this happen (laughs) He just puts the order in. <laughs> yeah, but it takes him a while to decide what's on the menu that he really wants. And then we got some more information. We talked about it. You know, I'm very much of an, an action person. So, you know, we had found a surrogate. Like I said, we'd made the embryos and, and froze them. But then we didn't have a surrogate and we weren't going through an agency to save money. So I'd found a gestational carrier through a Facebook group. And then through turn of events, we ended up, she ended up bailing on us. We got all the legal paperwork done and we were like right at the 11th hour to get the paper signed. And she was like, you know, I don't want to do this. And I think it was a blessing. It was hard because literally a month later, our friend Crystal volunteered Wow! and she is who carried Maverick for us. And she's a friend. And so, you know, now, you know, I think a lot of times it can feel when things don't work out the way you want, it can feel like why me or, you know, the cards aren't aligned or whatever, but through this process have learned that like it all happened for a reason. It all, it all was supposed to be exactly the way it happened. So it may be taking longer than you want, but just know the right kid is going to come into your life. Cause I can't imagine having any other kid than Maverick. I mean, he's just, he's amazing. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. And it sounds like it worked out that everything worked out better anyway. I mean, you end up with a donor that felt like your perfect match. You end up with this surrogate who was a friend and everything worked out beautifully. It did. It did. Somebody wants to join us. Oh, good. We're finally all together. (laughs) 
Hi. Hi. Hi, Stephen. Hi, hi how are you? Say hi. Thank you for joining us. Say hi. How are you? So great to see you. It's so good Congratulations to see you. on your show. Thank you, you so much. You want the microphone? You're welcome. You want and to look at something? Maverick. What a beautiful baby you guys make. What are you going to tell them? Tell yes. them everything. Tell Lisa. Well, I think our audience should see that that if they ever feel that this process is hard, here is hope right here. Look at this beautiful face. Yeah. This could happen, right? It it might take it as Brett just said, it might take a little bit longer. There might be some bumps in the road, but look at this beautiful face. It's certainly inspiring. He really wants to play with this microphone. Well, that's okay. We're gonna wind down now anyway. Okay. Right. But thank you, thank you, Stephen, especially when you're not feeling well. I hope you feel yeah. better. Thanks for showing us your face. And we're so excited and so um, appreciative of your time because I think you guys will have been helping people all along your journey and will continue to do that. And I appreciate your, your uh, friendship and I appreciate you coming on today, especially when it's not an ideal circumstance. So thanks thank for joining us. Thank you for us. all your help and thank you for having us. Yeah. Oh, it's my pleasure. Any, I'm always here for you, as you know. It's great to thank see you. you. So thanks everyone for joining. Um, if you would like more information and Brett, did you have a separate email that you wanted people to reach out to you for coaching or content creation? Yeah. Or you can just follow me on my Instagram at Brett Shuford. Okay. And shoot me a DM there or email me there. Okay. I'd love it. Okay. Terrific. All right. Well, thanks everyone. And please feel free to um, reach out to me at familybuilding.net. And uh, Maverick agrees with me. Uh, it's a it's a <laughs> wonderful resource. We have lots of great videos and programs and things for you. And sign up for our mailing list so you won't miss an episode of the podcast. Thanks so much for coming. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you.